morning, everyone. <coughs> Hope you have a wonderful day. We're continuing. We left off. Shkalim, sixth chapter, chapter thirteen. Shreifer is page sixteen a, third line from the top. when the Arden was was um, was concealed, placed in the cellar. Nignaz Imoi, together with the Aaron, was also hidden in Tzenes Amman, the jar of Man, which Hashem said they should keep as a constant memory of the Man, a reminder of this miraculous Man, to remind ourselves that all our Parnassah really is like Man from heaven, which Luch is Shemen, and a jar of the drug of the Shemen, of the oil, Amishcha, Shemen Amishcha, the oil that Moshe made, to anoint the uh, tabernacle, makalishal aren, and the special stick of aren, when he was contested by Kairach and the others, so he, everyone put in a, a stick and and the stick of all the tribes and the stick of aren, <coughs> and the leaves ushkedov, and the almonds that grew. And the argas also the bak sheishiva pelishtim ashram lekei yisrael. The um, he says, and the and the uh, when the plishtim returned the ark after they were stricken. So he says. So they returned. Um, they returned also like gifts. The golden golden utensils. So Hashem said that you, they should put it in a box next to the ark. So Yimar says, Migon, see, who concealed the ark and who placed the ark and all of these items together with it? Who, who hid it? Who took it from the Holy of Holies and hid it in the attic? Yeshua Gonzi, like the last righteous Jewish king. This was like 30 years before the destruction. Since he saw it, it says in the verse, Hashem will lead you and your king. I should talk him about how you will place in you a goy to a nation. I should lead to a nation that you don't know. After you, Vavisecha, and your and your ancestor and your parents, Amud Vagantas. He saw that already was prophesied the temple will be destroyed. So he went ahead and he hid it. Adoduch said it shouldn't be taken into captivity. Adoduch said it's there present till this very day, right under the Temple Mount, the Ark, <coughs> the tablets. And all these items are present, physically present, right today. Just buried, hidden, concealed. This is what it says. He said to Levim, who understand the Holy Solak and to all the Jewish people, holy to Hashem, to new place, it's Place it in the chamber. When Shlema Mela built the base of Mignesh, he saw with divine inspiration that one day the temple will be destroyed. <coughs> so as part of the, as an annex to the base of Mignesh, when he built it, he built this room. So it's still part of the base of Mignesh. A part of the base of Mignesh physically exists. It's just under underground. You no longer have the duty of carrying the ark, because the ark will no longer be carried, it's, it's, it's going it's to be hidden, concealed. 
Amalami said to them, If even if they give you permission to leave the exile, <coughs> you're going to go to Babel. You're going to go into exile into Babylonia. But even if the Babylonians give you permission to return back to the land of Israel, they won't give you permission to return the ark. So now, do the right thing, serve Hashem and the Jewish people, and hide it from the enemy. Because he was, he was worried that once, if they, if they will take the ark into exile, they'll never relinquish it. Like there are rumors that under the Vatican there's a lot of good stuff there. <laughs> and they, of course, they'll never admit it and they'll never relinquish it. Okay. Your mother says, Since he mentioned the oil which was made, that was used to anoint the tabernacle, so he also mentions the the uh, the shemen the, the pitim shemen how they made it how they made the oil. It says in the Torah, It says you should take besamim spices, reish murder, chamish meis five hundred of the reir, the kinman besam, half of it. 250 and 250 of kinmon besem and the 250 shekels of fragrant cane. And 500 shekel of kido, casea. And uh, together with a gallon of olive oil. Okay, so mother says 16a. Says, all together, which is how much? He says, all together, it's um, a thousand, yeah, fifteen hundred. Because a Dreir is five hundred, Kinman Besam is two fifty, Kane Besam is two fifty, and Kid is five hundred. So all together, the, the, the weight of fifteen hundred Shkala. Then the Pasik says, and this is a lot. Talking about a huge amount. Fifty imagine fifteen hundred coins. The weight, the volume of fifteen hundred coins. <coughs> this was the ingredients. And what and how much oil did they use? <coughs> he says one twelve lugin. Twelve lugin. Right. Shemen Mishra Skaidish. Seventy-two eggs of oil. Two right. gallons. Two gallons of oil. So the question is, how do you, how is two gallons of oil and you have such a huge volume of, of, of ingredients, how do, you, how do you mix it? So 
he says, Shemun's eye is hinged. With all this, they cooked this 1500, a volume of a weight of six, 1500 shkalim. They cooked in, in, in two gallons of oil. It makes no sense. Instead, they would cook the, all these ingredients, these spices, in water. Right. And then, and then the water that absorbed, that absorbed right. all the fragrance of the spices, they poured water, uh, oil on the water. And once, once, then they would cook out the cook out the water, and they would scoop out the oil. The oil already absorbed all the fragrance. Like perfume, mm-hmm. like, like the perfumers do. This is what it says: that the oil mishchas kodesh. He says, Tanda, we learn, Rabbi Huda, Rabbi Loi, he says, Shemen HaMishchus HaSam Moshe HaMidbar, this uh, oil, this is, yeah, anointing. By, this is the method used by perfumers. Perfume. Maisen Nisim, it was a miraculous. Mitchilas of from the beginning to end, it was all miraculous. Shemitchil Loi Ba'el Shneim HaSalug, he started out with like two gallons, twelve alug. Shneim HaSemen Zayizin. Im Losach Ba'ese Ikin Loi Ba'ese you don't even have enough oil just to smear, to make wet the roots of all these uh, spices. Mm. How much more so when you cook it together? The fire uh, evaporates a lot of the oil. The eitzim and the wood <coughs> absorbs a lot of the oil. And, and the pot. By the time, time you get done, there's hardly anything left. Yeah, yeah. And you had enough oil to smear of the entire tabernacle and all its utensils, and the table, and all its utensils, and the candelabra, and use that oil to smear, to anoint Aaron and all of his sons. Every day of the seven days of the education. And then, of course, the and from it, he used to smear, or he used to anoint all the great kainim, or melachim and kings. How often would they make this? Once. It was never made again. That was miraculous. This this two gallons lasted till today. He said we have a jar sitting over there, right there, together with the ark. Did they have the, Did they have Moses oil in the second temple? No, it was hidden. It was hidden. It was buried. It was buried. From that point on, the high priests were only anointed by putting on the eight clothes. It was the oil was the gun. Yoshia hit it. That's what we learned. Yoshia yeah, hit right, it. That, that was it. That was that came to an end. So the whole thing, the whole thing was miraculous. So that's the argument. That's, that's, that's why. That's why. That's what Rabbi Meir says. Rabbi Meir says it was all cooked together. Rabbi Huda says it's impossible. It was all cooked together. There wouldn't be. There wouldn't, there's no oil to cook. How do you cook with two gallons? How do you cook a hundred, fifteen hundred? Shkalim, the volume even of 1500 shkalim of, of so many spices. How do you cook it in two gallons? Like a joke. You need, it's not even possible. But how much oil was used when they were anointing them? From, this was all no, the oil there was. There was no more. They just smeared. Maximum. It was like a, little, a couple of, like a drop. It wasn't a whole, you know, yeah, 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 no, there was a, they would make a, 
on the forehead, it would drip down, you know, it was, or a crown, the king, they would make a crown, Even the whatever it was. But everything had to, just touching a drop of oil, you're ready, it's lost, it's gone, it's over. You have a little bottle of perfume, what do you have already? I mean, you have, it's all gone. An $80 bottle of perfume. <laughs> <laughs> two gallons, fine, but it's all gone. But how do you even get to two gallons? How do you even get too long? And he says, by the time you, you finish cooking, by the time you finish... Oh. And in general, how, how, do you, how can you cook two, two gallons, all this huge volume? That's Rabbi Huda argues. And Rabbi Huda says, no, they cooked it in water. They soaked it in water. Soaked it in water. And then they poured oil. And then they removed the oil. And so they had all 12 gallons and it had the aroma, the, the perfume, like perfumers. It had the aroma. But even then it was still, still miraculous. Now, what's the argument in the mayor and Rabbi Huda? Because on one hand, the Titus says, you should all do it together, right? It says you should all mishcha. It should all be a, a mixture. Rikachas, mikachas. You have to all mix it together. The oil with all the ingredients. On the other hand, the Torah says you should have oil. You can't have it both ways. If you're going to mix it all together, what you're going to end up with, you're going to have sludge. <laughs> you're taking all these ingredients you're mixing it with oil, you're mixing it together, you end up with a, a muddy sludge. That's all you have. So you don't have pure oil. It's not like perfume. You end up with oil. On the other hand, if you're going to do what Rabbi Yehuda says, yes, you have oil, like perfume, you have oil, but you don't have the you're not mixing it together. It's not called mixing. So that's the argument which of these two has to give. Something has to give here. You can't have it both ways. So the mayor says you have to mix it together and you fulfill the pasuk and it says it's a sludge. It's not pure oil. It wasn't like a pure oil. Fine. And, uh, and the Buddha says, no. Titus says, shaman. It has to be like pure oil. And when the Titus says mixing, he means you mix the fragrance. You mix the fragrance by first uh, soaking it in water and then pouring the oil on top of the water. But either way, the fact that, the fact that um, you boiled it all together and cooked it all together and you still had 12 lugin and this was enough to last till today, it's miraculous. The whole thing was miraculous. From the beginning to middle to end, the whole thing was one group, big miracle. Okay, now the Gemara is discussing the so idea of a king. Moshe's oil didn't have no expiration date. That's right. And, and this was the only time it was done. The only time it was done. It's, it's sitting there waiting to anoint Mashiach. Wait now, yeah, exactly. Okay, now the Gemara is going to discuss kings. Who needs to be anointed? Only a king who's anointed the first king, the first in the dynasty. The prince, the heir, doesn't need. He already inherits from his father. He is his father. Oh, one second. One second. Very good. My time why? Because who's there? This one. Who's Because it says, Kumashchayu, anoint him, Kizeu. Hashem tells Shlomoel, go anoint King David. He said, because he is it. Zeton Mashiach. Only he needs anointing. Once you anoint him, all of his children, all the dynasty continues automatically. So Mashiach won't need the oil. One second, one second, one second. One second, one second. Let's see. Let's take a look. Let's learn the whole. Let's learn the whole Gemara. But a son of a Kayan Gadol, even with ten generations, one Kayan Gadol after the next Kayan Gadol, every one of them needs his own independent anointing. The Kula Kayan lost it, love it, and all of it will 
will um, still be will exist, continues to exist. Even Mashiach will come. And now the Gemara will discuss kings. Okay, the whole Gemara. Okay. Where do you anoint the king by a flowing river? That's the reason we go to Tashlich. One of the reasons we go to Tashlich is when the whole theme of Rish Hashanah is we're blowing the shofar to anoint Hashem as king. Where do you anoint the king by flowing water as a symbol, symbol symbolically to show that his kingdom should flow and continue to flow like 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 the the wellspring? King David instructed the prophet to take. Shlomo, his son, on Apir Dashli, on the kings, on the royal mule, take him to Gichin. Gichin was the river, right? It was the Maya and the wellspring in Yerushalayim. And anoint him there. Tzadik HaKoyen, Nas Nanavi, Lamelech HaYisrael. So you see that it's done by Gichin, which is a, a wellspring. We don't anoint a king, a son of a king, only because if there's an if there's a conflict, and that explains why Shlema Melech was anointed. Why did they anoint Shlema? He was the son of David. David was already anointed. Because Adeniyo, what happened? What happened? They came to the king. Nasan and David came to the king. Bashevah came to the king. He said, "What happened? Adeniyo. They all went to anoint Adeniyo as the king." I thought you promised me that Shlaim was going to be king. The older see, brother tried see, to take Yeah, so he immediately instructed him, go, go to Gichin and anoint him. And the whole, the whole Adonio's revolt came to a, an abrupt end. He tried to steal the election, so it came, came to, <laughs> came to a, a abrupt end. Uh, so that's why, since it was an argument, that's why, that's why he, needed, he needed to anoint. That's why he needed, he needed to anoint, anoint Shlaim Amel. Shlomo was the Democrat, remember that. Why did they have to anoint Yaya? Right? Because of Asaslo. Since his mother took over and tried to have him killed, actually. So therefore, they had to anoint him. Because they made Yayachas king after. And uh, even though, because Yayachim's older brother was older from them. And usually the older brother should be king. So they had to anoint him. He was two, two years old. Why did they have to anoint Yehu? Because Yehu took the kingdom away from Yehu, the son of Ach. So he was like a new a new dynasty. So that's why he had to, they had to anoint him. He was from the Jewish kings. Like the mother, but it doesn't say that. It says that only King David needs to be anointed. So why, why, why was Yehu anointed? He's a Jewish king from the Jewish kings. The others were all from the dynasty of King David that he mentioned. But the Yoyosh um, and Yachas, 
but the uh, Yehu was from the, the, the Israeli dynasty, the, 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 the ten tribes. So why did he need to be anointed altogether? So only Yehu's, because he was from the, from the Davidic dynasty. So he was anointed the Yehu's, because he was older than his brother. <coughs> Yehu's was older, so since he became king over his older brother, that's why they had to anoint him. What do you mean? It was already hidden already. Why are you telling me that Yehoshua was anointed? How could he be anointed? It was already hidden. Yehoshua already hid the oil already. So the father, his father hid it. Yehoshua's father hid it already. So the answer to these two questions is from that once it was, once it was hidden, they used to use balsam oil. So therefore, it wasn't uh, it wasn't a real mashiach. The real mashiach is from the one that Moshe made. That was no longer relevant. Right. So it was like symbolic. So symbolically, they used they used and also in the Jewish king, they used a different oil because they 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 didn't have it. Even though then they had the oil, but they didn't use the oil for Jewish kings. Only for the for the Davidic dynasty, the kings of Judah. Okay. They would uh, anoint the king only from a can, from a horn. Shol v'yeyu, Shol, King Shol, the first Jewish king. V'yeyu, nimshchum anapach. With a jar. But they were Because hoysa malchus and malchus everis. They were temporary. Today, from a jar, it was a passing. It was a pass-through. And but David and Shlomo nimshchum nakeren. But David and Shlomo were anointed with a with a horn. It's machus and machus kayemes. It was an eternal. It lasted till today. And Mashiach is going to come from David and Shlomo. That's what the Rambam says. Mashiach comes from David and Shlomo, not from any other son. David and Shlomo, because it says here that their their kingdom is forever. Clear Gemara. Mashiach ben David and Shlomo. <laughs> what about Mashiach ben Ephraim, though? Don't forget about him. You don't uh, anoint Mashiach ben Ephraim. You don't anoint Kainim to be kings. Kainim are not allowed to be kings. That's the reason why the Hashmanoyim were punished. That's why they were punished. Because they had no right to take the kingship. Yes, they were the heroes and they were the ones who led the Jewish independent. But they should not have appointed themselves as kings. And that's why they were all wiped out. There was nothing left of them. Not only shouldn't they be anointed, they shouldn't be kings, period. Because it says that kingdom should only belong to the tribe of Yehuda. So the tribe of Levi shouldn't take kingdom to themselves. So whoever is a king, not from the tribe of Yehuda, violates this passage. We can learn from a different passage. It says, that should be, should be, his kingdom should be long, long living. Who of him and his sons were kedav Yisrael amongst the Jewish people? And Maxi Basi, what does say afterwards? Leiyah kenim halaviyim. Wait, a uh, coin can't be uh, prime minister. 
from there we learn that, that the Kainim, uh, you don't anoint the Kainim Levi to be a king over the Jewish people. So that's why he's saying, saying a different passage. Because when he says he shouldn't, the kingdom will never leave Judah, it doesn't mean it can't be a Jewish king. Because he had the, the, the Israeli dynasty, the ten tribes, who were not from the tribe. And they're also legitimate kings. But, but even those kings, even that, the tribe of Cain and Levium are not allowed to be kings. Don't get involved in politics. You're a Kayan, you're a Levi, you're a spiritual, you're supposed to be a spiritual leader, a teacher, do the service in the temple, daven, offer sacrifices. Don't get involved in politics. I love it. Rabbi Yechen, when it says Yechanan, it says Yechanan in, in the Tanakh. Yechanan refers to Yechanan. Like Marav Aksib, it says in the Pasuk, Habchur Yechanan, Hasheni Yechanan, Hashlishi Tzitkiyan, and the fourth one was Shalom. So Yechanan was older than the Bchur was Yechanan. If you're going to say like Rabbi Yechanan, that Yechanan is Yechanan, why was Yechanan anointed? You said Yechanan was anointed because Yechanan was two years older than him. If Yechanan is 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 if Yechanan is Yehachas, then he was older. Why in the world would he be anointed? He's the son of the king. He was the son of of, of Yeshio. So the Gemara answers: No, Rabbi Yechanan is correct. Yechanan is Yehachas. Why? What does the pasuk mean? The oldest is Yechanan. He doesn't mean he was literally born the oldest. He means He was the first one to be king. Because he was king, to, even though he was two years younger than his brother. Yayakim, he was king before him. Rabbi Yechanan said, Shalom Tzidkiah. That passage, it says the oldest was Yechanan, the next one was Yayakim, the third one was Tzidkiah, and the first one was Shalom. So he says, Shalom is Tzidkiah. He had two names. But it says, what do you mean? It says the third brother and the fourth brother. How could you say that it's one and the same? So the Gemara answers, Rabbi Yechon is correct, they were one and the same. What he means is that even though he was the third, he was the third child, after Yehachas and after Yehachim, but he wasn't king immediately afterwards. Because after Yehachim died, the king Yehachim died, first his son Yehachanya became king. And he was the fourth to be king. Right. And the Gemara explains, he accepted upon himself the uh, what what happened to him. Yeah, yeah, he accepted upon Tzidki. He said, Hashem is correct. Because he made an oath to Nebuchadnezzar. And he didn't fulfill the oath. And therefore he was punished. Nebuchadnezzar punished him. He said, you were right. I didn't keep my oath. Shalom. Why was he called Shalom? Because he was the last king. He brought it to a conclusion. You know, you jump out of a plane without a parachute, you jump to a conclusion. He brought the kingdom of King David, the Davidic dynasty, to a conclusion. That Beis Amigdash was destroyed. In this day, in his day. His name is not Shalom, his name is not Tzidkiah. Shlakash argues with his brother-in-law. Matanya, his name is Matanya. That after Yechonya, so King Nebuchadnezzar made anointed king, appointed king, and the Jewish people 
Matanyahu was the uncle of Yechania. And he changed his name Tzitkiyah. The Mokhanetra made his name Tzitkiyah. Really, his real name was Matanyo. Now we go back to the other. Since he mentioned the other, it was hidden. We go back to the other. The other was made with an hammer of six twach, a little more than 18 inches. 16 inches. Right. A little, a little more than 18 inches. I had it right, like the arm. You know, everything in the chazal was very visual, very concrete. An etzba is a finger, a fist. An amma is the hand. You know, that's an amma. So to measure, everyone was able to measure uh, an olive. You take an olive, you know what it is. An egg. It's very concrete. Very that everyone gets. It's very simple. They keep it simple. You know, like very real. An amma. So the amma was six twach. Who holds? Everyone holds a dama with six tvachim. Rameir, it's the opinion of Rameir. Now we learn a mission. Rameir, Eimer. Call the Amas. All the Amas in the temple. And it's utensils I have a in this. Average, which is six tvachim. Because you have three types of Amas. You have an Amas which is only five tvachim. Like in the York foot, which is 10 inches <laughs> in real estate. <laughs> you have an ammo, which is 5 tvachim. You have an ammo, which is 6 tvachim. You have an ammo, which is 6 tvachim and a half, a half, and a half uh, a finger. With a half the width of a finger. So the, so the average, the middle, is, is 6 tvachim. Rabbi Huda disagrees. And he says, is. Habinian, all the Amis of the building, the walls, the altar, was shish tvachim. But the kalim, shal kalim, the utensils, was chamishat was five. The Gemara says, according to the opinion of Rabbi that everything in the temple, including the utensils, was, was an, an average Amma of six tvachim. He says, Bamashash tvachim, so if that, because he says all the utensils, including the other. So if that's the case, Orka Shalaran was Hamisha Satvachim. Fifteen Tvachim. Because it says, the length was two and a half Amas. How much is two and a half Amas? Fifteen. Twelve and, tw- and, and, and Amas six plus six and a half is three. Fifteen Tvachim. Amsa Shito. One amma is six tvachim. Amma shisha. Another amma is six tvachim. Or palgus amma is tlasa. Half amma is another three tvachim. A total of fifteen tvachim. How many luches were there in the other? In four luches. Shnayim shleimin. Like we learned earlier, two complete. The, the second luches were in the other. We learned yesterday, it was only one other according to one opinion. And therefore, in that other, you had all. All the luchas, both luchas, the broken, the first tablet that were broken, and the second. Siv, it says, Asher shibarta v'samtem ba'odin. At the lucha, that you broke, you should place them in the ark. See, if you read it literally, it means the luchas that you broke, you have to put them also in the ark. Not only the, the second luchas, that a whole you have to put in the ark, even the... The, the literal the pasuk reads you should write the I'm going to write the luchas 
the things that were on the first luchas that you broke and place them in the autumn. So the simple reading is place this new tablet that I'm going to give you the second set of tablets. Not, but the Gemara reads no. Even the ones that you broke, you should also put in the yard. Okay, so therefore, how big were the luchas? What was the size of the luchas? Each one of them was was at a length of six tvach. And it had a width shisha. Others say no, it had a width of three tvach. So the ten arka, the ten the width shaluches la arka shal aron. So you have to put the width of the luches, the length of the aron. So if you put the width of the luches, if the luches was three tvachim wide, okay, and you put it to the length of the aron, so you have four set of tablets. So each was so you have twelve tvachim of the fifteen filled up, filled up. So you had you had twelve tvachim. What do you do with the other three tvachim? Because each luchis was was four tvachim. I guess the broken pieces he put it together. So you had four lying right next to each other, side by side. One, two, three, four. What's left over? Three tvachim. We continue on side B. Ten. Mem. Tefel. So you have to one and a half, a half a tef, uh, each wall. Because the Thetis says two and a half amas in the length means together with the thickness of the wall. Don't forget the, the Aaron had three boxes. It was three boxes. It was an outer box was gold, the inner box was gold, and the, and the middle, and the middle was wood, and then it was covered with a golden cover. So the wall itself, the three boxes, was a half a tefel. Okay. So that, so together, that takes up a tefel altogether. So you have two two walls. So you left nishtayr shnei tefel, you left with two tefel. The sefer Torah, that's the room for the sefer Torah. They also put the Torah that Moshe wrote was placed in there. Okay, now the Gemara says, according to the opinion that the arm of the Aron, according to the mayor that holds the arm of the Aron was six Tvachim, comes out, what was the width of the Aron? Nine Tvachim. Because the width of the Aron, the Ark, was a cubit and a half, which is nine Tvachim. Amsa Ashita, an Amma is six Tvachim, a Palgus Amsa at Lasat, a half Amma is three Tvachim, together is nine. So Arba Luche is Ayyabai. So you had four luchas in there, shnayim shleimim, shnayim shmurim. So you had two whole and two broken. So you had two holes and two broken. So the luchas were in the length of six tvachim. So we said already. So ten rachman, we said already the width. The width of the, um, the luchas. I mean, the length of the luchas. You place in the width of the other. So therefore, that only took up six. Nishtayisham, you left with Shlesha Tvachim. So what do you do with that extra space? Again, each wall took up a half a tefah, so you left with two. What's in the two Tvachim? Because again, every, every utensil has to be fully utilized. You can't have empty space. There's no empty space in, in the Torah, in, in Yiddishkeit. It's not, there's a whole concept, but since I'm a billionaire, I'm going to build a, a hundred room mansion. 
which I'm only going to sleep in one room. Even if you sleep in every every night, you're going to sleep in another room. <laughs> the idea of waste, of just empty space, of wasted space, that's not wealth. That's not that's, that's foolishness. Everything has to be used, fully utilized. So what do you do with this extra two tvachim? Empty space in the other. So we're saying that the luchas were on top of one another? Why? Side by side. So we said this luchas is six. No, you know they all had the same. They all had the same, the same, the same, the same uh, length. They all had the same length. Okay, here. So they were on top of each other. This is the length of the other. This is the length of the other. This is the width. Exactly. This is the length of the other. This is the width. So this, they were laid out right next to each other, side by side. So the length, they all had the same length. The length was on the width of the other. So you had a tepach here. You had, you had, you had two tvachim left over. So you had one, and then you had the Sefer Teirah. You had the Sefer Teirah here, but then you had here a tefach. So what do you do with this tefach, extra tefach? You had the walls, but then you had a tefach on the side. What do you do with that extra tefach? There was a third component. Two tefachim. A Torah scroll itself. No, that we've said already about the Torah scroll. That was a re- so, so what do you do with the extra, extra two tefachim on the width? So he says, Tefachayim l'shilut makim shibu Sefer Teirah muna. In other words, you need a space to be able to remove the Torah. We scroll. said that the, uh, the, uh, the, the scroll was lying side by side with the luchas. Right. The length of the Torah was six tvachim. So the extra space, so you can, you can remove the Torah, you had space to, to move the Torah and then lift it up, or to move the Torah this way, that way. Not glued, not glued, but they were put back like put back a, yeah, like a puzzle, I guess. Yeah, 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 exactly. I guess so. Well, and he says, He says that the only the temple was built with Amabaninus, the building, but the utensils were made with a smaller Amma, five twach. So the Gemara asks, "Man, Tana Bamas Chamisha Tvachim Rabbi Yehuda." This is the opinion of Rabbi Yehuda. In the Tamam, we learn Rabbi Yehuda. Even Rabbi Yehuda says, "Amas Abinyan Shisha Tvachim Shalakelim Chamisha Vehein Oren Kliyus Chakeli." So therefore, it was five Tvachim. So according now, the Gemara is explaining. I'll die. That according to Rabbi Yehuda's opinion, do Amah who said, "Bamas Chamisha Tvachim Hayim Orkei." The length of the Oren was also Shnei Masa Tefachem Merza. Was only twelve and a half tvach. The Chizvit says I'm a sign of chetzi arke two and a half amas in the length. Amsa chamisha and amas five tvach. Amsa chamisha the second amas five tvach. Upalgus amsa half amas was tre palgi two and a half together twelve and a half. Arba luchas and there were four luchas lying side by side. Shnayim shleim two of them were whole. Shnayim shvurim the first were broken. How do we know that even they were in the Arun? The Chizvit says she shibarit of a samtem barin that even the broken ones he should place in the Arun. But luchas are ikalach vechad. Arkan shisha. No one argues at the luchas itself at a length of six tvachim with achmar shisha tvachim and a width a width of of three tvach. Yeah, the gear says with three tvach. Ten arkan ten rachban shaluchas like a shalarin. So you place the width of the each luch in the length of the Arun. So therefore. So how much was left? So if you have, if you place all of them together, so you have four times three is twelve. When the shtayrish from what was left, chatzit tefach, half a tefach. Etz belakayis l'makamis was l'makamis. He holds that the width of the wall was not a half a tefach, 
the width of each wall was a half was a half of a half a tefah. Quarter. quarter of a tefah. An etzba. A tefah is four four boys. A tefah is four four the width of four fingers. So so a half a tefah is two boys. So each one was one etzba. So it was thinner. It was thinner. According to Rabbi Huda, the walls were thinner than according to Rabbi Meir. So, so it comes out the Reich, Bishal Arin, Shiva Tvachim, What was the width of the Arin? Only seven and a half Tvachim. One and a half in the width. Amsa Chamisha and Amma is five. Upalgus Amsa half is today. Upalgus today, Upalgus two and a half. Together, seven and a half. Arba Luch is, there were four Luchas and Arin. Shlaim, 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 Two, whole, two broken. Ziv, Shishabadus, Amma, the Baran, Luchas, Akalech, Adara. The length, there were six in the length. And the width, there were three. So ten rachbon, uh, ten arkon, the length, the length of the luchis were placed, and the width of the arkon. So six. So how much was left over? When the shtayer sham tefach and mechza tefach and a half. Etz belakaisel mekan. The wall it says was only a quarter of a tefach. So both walls together were a half a tefach. So what's left over is a tefach. Chazi tefach mekan. Chazi tefach mekan. What was that for? Lishilut. To take the luchas out. To have some room. If, you, if it's so tight that you have to fit it in that you can't take it out. You have to leave a little space. You can remove it. So according to him, there was no tighter. Where was the tighter? According to him, the Torah was not was not inside inside the Aaron. That's another argument. Yeah, okay, that's, yeah, that's, true, yeah. that's another argument. Where was the Torah? According to Rabbi Huda, actually the Torah there was a board outside of the Aaron. It was a shelf, and that's where they put the Torah. Okay. Your mother says, "Case of us the betalos Aaron. How the betalos make the Aaron? Never chanina. Shalosh tevas also was made of three boxes." Shtayim Shalzov, the inner, the innermost, and the outermost were gold. The achas and the middle one was wood. He put the gold in the wood, and then put the wood in the gold. And then um, the top was covered with, with the golden cover. So it was complete, the wood was completely swallowed up and surrounded by gold. See, but it's a piece of Isis of Torah and Ba'is Moshe be completely surrounded. And Hasidus explains a very powerful lesson because wood rots, gold is solid. So the inside of a person is wood. Inside, it's like rotten. We have unhealthy desires, cravings, self destructive desires, cravings. So a person could feel dirty and messy. I'm, I'm not a tzad. I, how can I do the right thing? Look how bad I am. I have such evil temptations and desires. Tell says it doesn't matter. You can be completely surrounded. You can be a Benini, an average Jew, as a Yetzirah, a very healthy Yetzirah. But you can be completely surrounded by gold. Because deep down inside the Pintali Yid is gold. Outside, your behavior could be completely covered by gold. You can act, act like a Tzadi. You can do exactly what's right, 100%, even though you're tempted to do otherwise. So it doesn't matter that inside I'm not a Tzadi. So what? Who cares? All that matters is that you're completely surrounded by gold. This is interesting. So he says, since the Torah says you should cover it with gold, when he when he repeats again to Tzapen, he already said with Tzipisa Eisus after. Why does he have to repeat again? You should cover it. Lahavi to add Svasel Yena. 
that even the top also has to be covered with gold. We completely swallowed up. The wood should be completely swallowed up. And he says, it was only one box. He doesn't say you should make three arcs. He says you should cover it. In other words, like all the other vessels in the temple, they were wood, but they had a, a gold covering. That explains why the Shlakish says the whole the, that it was much thinner. It was only a quarter of a tefach because it was only one box. With three boxes, so each one was a half a tefach. Why does it have to repeat again to Zapenah? And even though the boards were attached to each other, it's not enough to cover it on the outside, you also have to cover it on all sides. In other words, it says it should be covered by gold from the inside and the outside. Even though it was one box, it should be covered by gold on both sides. On both sides, exactly, exactly. How the Luch is written? The Chanina says, five and five, five and this and five and, and the other tablet." it says, They wrote the Ten Commandments. The wrote the Ten Commandments on two stones. They were equal. It says Luchas. They were actually because they were both the same. They were like twins. The rabbis say, Ten and here and ten and this one. Each one ten. The ten things, and you should write them in the two tablets. It doesn't say, It says, in the plural. The rabbis learn that all ten commandments he wrote, So you mean you just repeated? One was a backup. <laughs> A copy. Twenty were written Since it says in the plural, learns that each luach he wrote twice. Some, I guess the teacher, you have to learn tighter, you have to repeat it, learn something four times until until it sticks into your head. But there was the miracle of the other tablets. Because when you turned it around, yeah, you yeah, yeah. Right yeah. Through, yeah. 40, 40, 40 in each one. It says, it says, it says, since they were on each side, like you say, since they were on each side, and it was 20 on this side, 20 on the other side, and the other one also 20 and 20, altogether 40. So if so, the look is work, like a Tetris. Like a, a Tetris, in other words, it was, it was quadruple. It was written on all four sides. Between each. How thick were the luchos? We learned already the, the width, the size. Six twelve. Oh, the thickness of it. Oh, we learned the length. We learned the width. We learned the width and the length. Right. But it, okay, I mean, it had to fit into the ark, so you know, you know, it was limited in size also, in thickness. It was less than the width. Whatever. Between each of the commandments were written the reasons of the mitzvahs, the aciser, the, uh, the, 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 I guess, the nagunim that go with it, the, the, the trap. 
And Vaisi Yashal Taira, also uh, what's missing, what's, what you have to add, what's missing. See if it says, Mimuloyim Batarshish. And then he explains, Tarshish is a hint to the great sea. Aniyas Tarshisha. In other words, the Luchas appeared, like the great sea. It's just like the great sea is filled with fish. So too, the Luchas contained everything in it. When you reach this pasuk, which is in the Song of Songs, which many people just read on Pesach, have Omar, he would say, Hanani taught me well. It was a beautiful marshal for the tablets. Yeah, this galim putanim between each big wave, the small waves, kachtu ben kaldiba v'dibit in each of the ten commandments. All the details are ready in between. In between. So there was an English translation between the lines. Okay. Art scroll. Art scroll. Oh, art scroll. I'm sorry. Others say that this is only the first lukas. Second set of is All you had were the ten commandments. Okay, so uh, now we go back to the argument of about the measurement of the order. I asked, I asked the simple pasuk seems to support Rabbi Huda, not Rabbi. My time at Rabbi Huda. What's the reason? It says, it says at the end of the Vadim in Vayelech. That Hashem said, told Moshe, take the Torah and put it on the side of the ark. So it was not inside the ark. This proves every this point. The Torah was not inside. There was no room for the Torah inside the ark. Al Taita the Rabbi Yehuda, the Amar who said there was no room in the ark for the Torah. Where was the ark placed? Coming gluskel like a shelf. So it makes sense. That's what the Torah says. Hashem tells Moshe, put it on the side. Okay, my time with Rameir. How would Rameir explain this pasuk? It says in the pasuk, it says, place the ark on the Arun. And Hashem told Moshe and Parshas Truma to build the ark. And on the Arun, in the Arun, place the, the, the testimonials, the tablets that I will give you. So the pasuk is adding the sides. The, uh, besides the tablets, he's saying also the Edus, which is referring to the Sefer Torah. An additional testimony, which is the Edus, which is the Sefer Torah. So, I'll die to the Rabbi Meir. Rabbi Meir Rabbi Huda will explain. Yeah, yeah. How would Rabbi Huda explain the Pasuk? It makes no sense. The question that may have proof in the Pasuk is it says you should put the cover on the other. And then he says place the tablets inside. How could you place the tablets inside if it's covered? We don't read the Pasuk in order. So Rabbi Meir says, no, you do read the Pasuk in order. Rabbi is coming. Hashem is telling Moshe when you'll have a Torah. Not now. But when you're going to have a Ha'edus, when you're going to have the title will be finished at the end of 40 years, then make sure to put it inside also. 
But how would Rabbi Rabbi doesn't explain it that way? Rabbi Huda says, no, it's not possible. It's not impossible to put the Torah inside. There's no room. So what does the Torah mean? First put the ark and then first put the cover of the ark and then put it in. So he'll tell you, do Amar, Rabbi Huda will say, it's not in the proper sequence. You have to read it as if reversed. First, put the. In other words, when I'm telling you to put the ark, make sure that first put the put the tablets inside. He says he's in a very shorthand of people. Um, by the way, the Nachmanides learns based on this pasuk. He says, no, that it was done. It was done literally. You have to read the pasuk literally. Put the ark, the cover of the ark first. Then lift up the cover and put and put the tablets in, because the ark is not whole until it's only it's a one complete set. It's not called an ark unless it has a cover. So first you have to cover it. Now it's a complete ark. Now lift the ark and put the tablets inside an ark. Make the cover see if it fit properly. No, no, no. He says it must be done that way because it's not considered an ark. Taylor says place place the tablets in an ark. If you just have the walls and you don't have the top, it's not an ark. You didn't fulfill the mitzvah placing the tablets in the ark. So first you have to have an ark. Finish it. Cover it. Now you can lift it up and place the tablets. Okay. The letters of the Torah were written in black, black ink, black fire, a black fire on white fire. The parchment was like white fire, and the and the ink, the letters were written in black fire. He ish, the Torah itself is fire. Muvleles be'ish, it's mixed with fire. Chatzuva me'ish, the letters come from fire. Unesuna me'ish, it's given from Hashem who's fire. The Chizvet says, Miminay ish das. From Hashem's right hand, the fire is ish. He gave Torah, which is ish, lamay, to the Jewish people. Okay. Let's stop over here because this starts already the whole the Mishnah, a whole new Mishnah. Everyone have a wonderful day.